We have historically had what's called Fifth Sunday Family Sunday. So any month that has five Sundays in it to give our children's workers a break and encouragement as well as to include kids into uh, the morning environment, uh, we have had family worship. We're going to be making some decisions on that moving forward now that we're in this facility. Uh, But they say one of the most important things for kids being able to continue on in church is that they spend time worshiping as a family. Um, And so that's very interesting. So this is what we're going to do today. We are continuing our series on uh, relationships and uh, try to walk through it briefly this morning. But with the elementary kids here, our title today is Father Knows Best. But um, I'm going to have you all stand. Will you stand? Good group of kids here. And here's the question. I told them what we're speaking on. So we've been moving through this series, and today we're speaking on the parenting relationship, all right? So this is their question. What is the best piece of advice your mom and dad ever gave you? Now some of your parents are worried that it's family day, all right? So I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Miss Melissa might help me here with this, but... uh, uh, what's the best piece of advice? Raise your hand and we'll get, we'll get a few. All right. Right here. Say, say your name and then say your piece of advice. I'm Peyton. Uh, I think. I'm Peyton and uh, to be brave. To be brave. All right. Someone else. I'm Sadie and to be respectful. To be respectful. I said, how am I here? My mommy's here. <laughs> and your mom's here. That's right, Allison. You're here. Someone else, piece of advice. Step to the forefront so we can see you. Say your first name. I got you. Brian. Brian, all right. What advice did mommy or daddy give you? Sometimes parents are silent with their advice. <laughs> yes, that's true. All right, think about it. We might come back to you. Someone else. Piece of advice, something mom and dad told you that was really good advice. My name is Nicholas, and to be nice. All right. Someone else. You want to go? No. Someone else. Some other piece of advice. Come on. Now, some of you told me when we were talking there, now you're all got a little gun shy. All right. There you go. Um, To be brave. To be brave. My name is Ella. Ellen, that's great. Anybody else want to go? My name is Nathan. To read the Bible. To read the Bible. That's very good advice. All right. Any other people want to jump at it? I know if Miss Melissa was running this, you'd all probably do better than, than her husband. So now I'm going to flip the question. Do you have any advice you would like to give your parents? Yeah, they're all like, no, that's a setup question. I'm not going there. Anybody want to do that? Hey, give them a welcome. Thank you, guys. You can go see them. I actually thought they might jump at that one, but I didn't think about it being a setup. This isn't just a day 
to focus on the parenting relationship. I believe it's a day to give some thoughts and some focus to the whole mentoring dynamic that we are called to in life, no matter what our role is, whether it's with children, our own children, with grandchildren, with friends, um, with siblings. God has called us to be in relationship with people, but also to be able to model before people what God would have us to do. Any of you, and this would really date you around here, do you remember the television show Father Knows Best? All right, it was a very popular, famous show in the late 50s, I think maybe finished up in the early 80s. And um, it was about the Andersons, Jim and Margaret Anderson, and they had three kids, I believe it was, and it was the perfect Midwest family. And uh, the dad, uh, played by uh, Robert Webb, he was a, um, Robert Young, he was a uh, very wise father. And so when his kids get, got in all kinds of troubles, he would be able to give them good, godly, or good, wise counsel. And mom was sort of a down-to-earth, practical mom. And so you sort of were endeared to the show just because you longed to see that operate in your own home, maybe. And uh, the interesting thing is, behind the scenes, um, both with the, the lead father as well as some of the other um, actors, they didn't have those kinds of lives. In fact, Robert Young struggled with alcoholism and some depression issues, and, and some other members of the family had their own challenges as well because it was all a show. What about our homes? It's probably not like Father Knows Best. But I tell you what, the truth that we have today to focus on for our homes and into our mentoring relationships with others is that the Father does know best and that the Father is to be involved in our homes. And that is the Heavenly Father, God Himself. We've talked in this series about the critical importance of having the three relationship, my relationship with God, my relationship with myself, and my relationship with others, and to make sure that we have that relationship with God established in such a manner that we have an understanding of our self-worth and who God's made us to be, so we have a healthy relationship with ourselves, and in that we have a healthy relationship with others. Last week we spoke about the marriage relationship and the, the, the foremost importance of that if you're married or you're looking forward to being married, to be able to uh, live in a manner with your spouse that's uh, reflecting who God is and living a life of sacrificial service because our marriages are supposed to model Christ's relationship that he has with his church and he laid down his life for his church. Today, with this whole aspect of the next sort of tier of other relationships, it has to do with this aspect of um, parenting. But the word father is an interesting word, and it's interesting because to me, when we start to look into scriptures and we understand God is seen as yeah, there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and how's all that work, the unity and the, co- the community, the Trinity, and, and, and we sing a song about a hundred billion galaxies. It's hard to comprehend God, and God knew that. So when he sent his son and says in the first part of John that no man has seen God at any time, the only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. And who is that? Jesus has explained him. And Jesus would continually try to teach his disciples, and he teaches us here this morning, that his life reflects the life of the Father because he came from the Father. 
In fact, uh, when he was getting ready to head to the cross, he had some instructions to his disciples, and those instructions are in John 14. And in John 14, it says this in verse 10. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and, the Fa- and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe in the works, in the evidence of the works themselves. Jesus was saying, you want to see God? Here he is. You want to know the Father? Here he is. Jesus came to explain who the heavenly Father is. So also, I believe that we, as we seek to lead lives that are of great influence and encouragement to our kids, is that we will be able to take Christ living in us to be able to bring Father into the home. So it says this in John 14, 19, just a few verses later. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. So I simply say it this way. As Christ dwells in me, so the Father dwells in my home. You see, the most critical relationship we have with our children is our relationship with the Heavenly Father. Because if we have that relationship with the Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ, then Christ dwelling in us actually brings the presence of the one true Father into our homes for our kids to see, to model, to understand. Whether you're the father in the home or the mother in the home, or maybe you're a sibling in the home and you're trying to bring encouragement, for you to have God the Father in your home, you have to have Christ himself living in your life. And it's sort of mystical. You know, when I see these words in Jesus, you're like, what are you saying? I'm in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Hello, could you sort of explain that one to me, God? Sometimes it's beyond our understanding. But it's very simple in the sense that God himself chose to dwell with us and in us through the Spirit of Jesus Christ. And so we have God the Father to bring into our home. And you may not know best. In fact, you have made some maybe poor decisions in your home or some bad advice. But you have the opportunity for God the Father to dwell in your home and bring the device and the understanding that is needed. I want us to turn, if you got your scriptures, to 2 Timothy 3. And in 2 Timothy 3, we're going to look... Um, at what would be perceived as the um, ending part of this small little letter that the Apostle Paul sent to Timothy. The final charge in verse 10. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, sufferings, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, and persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But, verse 14, As for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it 
and how from infancy you have known the Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and become convinced because you know those from you have learned it. Who did you learn life from? Who are our children learning life from? Well, you say, well, maybe it's uh, what they watch on television or social media or their influence at school. Well, all those kinds of things have their impact. But there's nothing that holds a stick to what they learn because they are in our homes. And Paul's saying here to his underwrite, Timothy, remember, remember those from whom you have learned it. And so at the front part of that passage I just read, he lists these things. The summary is this. How I live will always speak louder than what I teach. And so how you are learning things is more by observing than even by the instructions of the words. And so he takes this understanding back with Peter and back with Timothy and he reminds them these things. And they're things that are about a life-shaping relationship that we're to have with our children. And so as we move forward, I want to come back to this passage I just read. You, however, know all about. We'll stop right there. You know all about. I could have uh, taken the microphone and instead of the kids today, I could have gone around to us as adults and say, tell me about the home you grew up in. Tell me all about what you saw, what you witnessed, what you understood, what you heard. Because the home you grew up in whether it was a good home, a broken home, where it was multiple homes, you picked up and learned things that you still carry with you today. And so Paul's saying to us as parents, as mentors of other people, whatever relationships we may have of influence, remember, he's telling his children, he's telling his mentors, remember what you know. All about, and then he lists 10 things. And I just want to walk through these real quickly, these 10 things. Because in these 10 words that he puts in here is encouragement and instruction for us and how we need to be living out our parenting relationship with our own kids. So the first is this. You know all about my teaching. My teaching. I don't know if I can get those words to be highlighted there. There we go. You know all about my teaching. Do your kids know about God's teaching? I I appreciate Nathan speaking up. Word of advice. Read the Bible. That's great. That's great. Do you understand that what you impart teaching-wise, they will own more than even what they hear in church? So in church, they're going to hear certain kinds of things. Oh, like this is, you know, the story of Jesus. And and this we talked about, you know, uh, what Easter is going to be about or these kinds of things. They hear it, but what they need to do is hear it from you. What is the teaching that you have imparted or are imparting to your kids? If I was to ask your kids to sit down at whatever age and write up an essay, what do your mom and dad believe 
what would that essay say? Sometimes that essay wouldn't say much at all. Other times it might overflow with things that they have taught. But whether it's a subject like creation that we sang about, whether it's the understanding of what happened when, when Adam and Eve sinned or the fall and how sin affects every human being, the idea of what God did in sending his son Jesus Christ, what Jesus Christ did on the cross and through the power of his resurrection, his second coming, a heaven and a hell. I mean, do they know these things? Have they heard these things from you? Or are you just hoping that they get them at church? Now, trust me, I want you to have your kids in church. In fact, it's one of our challenges today to be able to get our schedules aligned so that's a priority and our kids are learning and they're growing, all right? But do they know that from you? They may know, well, the church believes that there's a heaven, that there believes there's a hell, but when you say you believe in those things, it takes different meaning and strength to them. When you impart to them teaching about God's word related to how to live life, how to be brave, how to be bold, how to be nice is the word that was used up here, right, with the kids. You know, they're talking about character, and that character comes from Scripture, and the character from Scripture comes from Christ dwelling within people. Have they heard that you um, believe in the fruits of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control? I believe these things, and these are things that we need to have, and the way we have these is because God can come and live in our life. Have they heard that instruction and that teaching from you? So, Timothy, you know all about my teaching. And Timothy says, yeah, I do. I, I did. I, I, Timothy, he traveled with uh, Paul. He talked with Paul. He saw Paul interact with people. He prayed with Paul. He observed in physical presence this life that was being lived. And what he taught, what Paul taught, was absorbed into Timothy's life. And he's exhort, exhorting them, remember this. And then the second thing he says is, remember, you knew all about my way of life. And my way of life has to do with how I am living my life out before other people. You, you, you know that you're setting the example. You and I are every day of our life with our kids, and they observe us, and they watch us. They watch us if we have integrity or not. Oh, nobody will know. It's just go ahead and do that. They might carry that through and remember that in their life. It's like, oh, yeah, it's not that important than when I get older or when I may have to make decisions. And Paul's saying, all right, important key, your teaching. How's your teaching with your, your children? How is your way of life and how you're setting the example? The next thing he says is my purpose. What do they believe your purpose is in life? Well, we're trying to get the bills paid. We're just trying to make it through, and uh, we got a vacation coming up. We're looking forward to that. Do they hear out of your life and out of your encouragement to them the grander purpose of what God's doing in all the world and what God wants to do in and through their life because we are tied into God's purposes of reaching and saving those who are lost and being able to encourage those to come into a vital relationship with God in this life and anticipate the life to come? My purpose. Do they see you living that purpose out and are you able to articulate it? The next is your faith. What would they say about your faith? Paul says, Timothy, you've seen my faith. 
because, yep, I've seen your faith when, you, you know, when there was no way possible that an open door was going to happen. You continued to patiently wait on God, and you uh, saw God work in that behalf. Some of the things that you're going through right now in your life that are challenges to you, and you're like, this stinks. I wish that I did not have to go through this. People are watching you, and there's going to be a lesson learned in Faith 101 by your teenager concerning a faith step they're going to have to make soon in their life. Paul exemplified faith, persevering in the light of challenges. Patience. Timothy saw a lot of patience with Paul, the persecutions of Paul, things he went through. And our children are dialing into the patience that we have. And a lot of times, and I'll raise my hand, I lose my patience, right? What do you do when you lose your patience or things don't go right in your room? You sit down and you express your regret. You ask for forgiveness. Again, it's a teaching kind of process and an opportunity for them to be able to, to grab a hold of, well, Mom, Dad, they, they, they did this once. They actually said they were wrong. Wow. And that they shouldn't have done that. They learn and they pick up from those kinds of aspects. The patience. Love. Doesn't say love for anybody in particular here. Why? Because love was an outflow of Paul's life. Timothy saw Paul loving others all around them. Our kids need to see us taking initiative outside of ourselves, outside of our homes, to be able to love and care and be able to encourage other people. Well, the love mom and dad had for people is crazy nuts. I couldn't believe what they did sometimes. And yeah, there was time taken away from our family because of it. But I saw in them the ability to love other people. And so then, Lord willing, your kids too will follow in that stead. What about endurance? Paul practiced endurance, actually tied back into patience. But the endurance to hold up during trials, to not sort of cut loose and run. Any of you uh, getting known as quitters in your home? Don't be a quitter. Sometimes you are called to quit something, I understand that. But the problem with quitting is it starts to become a habit. I'm like, I'm out of that. I'm not going to persevere and endure it. But our children, when they see us enduring through challenges and hard times or even just being able to push through and accomplish something in schooling or in a career world, there is the ability to say, well, they endured and they held up in that. And I want to be able to be like them. What about your persecutions? Some of your persecutions, uh, you're like, I don't know how God can bring good from this. But Timothy observed Paul and all the persecutions he went through and some of those that started to come to Timothy and he saw it as an example and he learned from the very life that he was being mentored by. Sufferings. You know what a purple heart is, right? Purple heart is when somebody gets wounded in battle. And when you get wounded in battle, you get a purple heart and because, you know, hey, I want you to know, there's a lot of purple hearts in this very room right here. People have been wounded in battles, and some of your sufferings are things that, that God's going to use. Now, you don't you know, go around and, and hold your purple medal out all the time, but every now and then you'll bring it out, and you'll sit, and you'll explain, and you'll talk with your kids about some of the sufferings. 
Some of this aspect, I just, just want to encapsulate it in this. And this is a hard journey to know, especially, you know, when they're younger, but definitely when they become teenagers and, and then into the young adult years. I think it's valuable and important for us as parents to be able to sit and to share with our children some of the sufferings that we have gone through and how we endured them, how we had patience, how we were able to take steps of faith in them, because they need to hear that from us. Not just the teaching of, hey, just, you know, this is what I believe in Scripture, A, B, C, here's some doctrinal things, and hope, you know, good luck for you. They need to learn from our very life lessons to be able to impart to them, this is the journey that I've been on. And so some of your suffering, some of your Purple Heart medals are actually some of the best medals, uh, best stories that you can impart to your children as they seek to be able to have a life um, of fullness with Father in heaven. The father who knows best. What kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured, and how the Lord rescued me. How the Lord rescued me. Some of the great stories I have of my parents, I know it's true of my wife with her mom and those kinds of things, are stories of how God rescued and provided in the time of need. And those stories are a part of her very life as she's moved forward. I remember uh, some of the means that weren't really quite all as sufficient when she was younger. And she said, I, we, I, we used to go without and we didn't sometimes know really where our next meal was coming from here or there. But God showed up in their life and he was faithful. This is how God rescued us. Sometimes I didn't think there was any way out from this health difficulty. Maybe it's, it's a financial matter that you're in. Maybe it has to do with a situation of a broken relationship in your home. And, and your story of how God rescued you is going to give hope and faith to your kids. We need to spend time with our children, young and old, talking to them, teaching them, encouraging them, imparting to them the life stories. It's not enough just to say, I hope they pick it up from their friends or at school or maybe at church. We have that primary role of mentoring our children. So Father knows best. He does. Doesn't mean I know best all the time, but I know God the Father does. And as Christ dwells within me as he is in the Father and I am in him, then he can speak through my life into my kid's home and I can have the wisest, godliest counsel because Jesus is present in my life. You know... I read an article this last week about actually the, the, the dwindling church attendance across our nation. And uh, sometimes I think, well, I mean, it's just Southern California, and hey, I'll hit church one out of four times a week, I mean, four times a month, that kind of thing. And I'm not here to knock on anything necessarily, but just to say this, that there is a lack of prioritizing Christ, his body, worship, learning from him in a community. And that's seen and evidenced by our kids. What trumps your presence here? The kids are here on stage this morning, but every week, many of you are involved in Kids Alive ministry, whether it's with elementary or preschool, seeking to faithfully teach them the big God story of what's going on. They need to continue that story from one week to the next to the next. 
it's valuable for them to be here. There's a lot of other things that we can do. But they say one of the reasons that people are waning in their church attendance is not just because of all the options or, hey, I can watch it online, those kinds of things, is that they uh, aren't experiencing the presence of Jesus in the setting that they come to. Boy, that stuck me hard. And it's not that you need to stoke up the emotion and, yeah, let's get over the top and big pepper. No, there's somewhere there needs to be authentic journeying for us as people to be found in the presence of God and for his ministry to be active, changing lives. And that we would come into his presence expecting God to change us and to change our children and our students. What example are we setting? What example are you setting in the home? How have you found yourself responding to certain situations in recent weeks or prioritizing certain you know, agendas that you're pursuing in life? It's all speaking. It's all teaching. It's all modeling. Just like when you can think about your parents and things they did or did not do. I could ask you right now. And you say, well, my parents did this. They failed here. Boy, it was a wreck there. But boy, I really admired this here. You can recall all that. This, this, uh, it's, it's not some experiment that's going on. It's, it's really a live case study that's going on all the time with what we're doing with our children. So make sure that in the midst of it, you are pursuing a life that's full of Christ living in you so that the Father can come and be living in your home. And that you too will find yourself in a season of life where you just step back and smile about how God has faithfully passed on to your children, to the next generation and the next, his word and his counsel. I had a call last night, sort of late, from my second son who's graduating from uh, Cal Baptist. And uh, this morning he is sort of doing a little interview candidating to be a youth pastor at Alliance Church up in Big Bear. And I thought about him this morning as I was driving to work, and uh, just driving to church, it is my work at times, right? And, um, and I was praying for God just to be in his presence today through, I knew we had a lot of different elements going on today. I said, God, somehow weave it together for uh, regular people, for new people. Lord, may your presence be there. May you encourage us. Lord, I pray that you would help me as, as I try to navigate through some of these thoughts. And then I thought, and you do the same for my son up in Big Bear today. It was the first Sunday I've ever prayed for my son who is following in the steps of ministry as God might lead. And his call last night was a call of insecurity. You ever got that from your kids? Dad, I don't know. I've been thinking through this. I don't know. Maybe I can't do this. Maybe what I've prepared for in my life is not going to happen. This kind of thing in the right way. Am I really the person? And he says, you know, this thing when you step into ministry, you sort of step into spiritual warfare, don't you? And I said, yep, that's what's going on with you right now. Because <laughs> those are lies of the enemy. But what a joy it is to be able to partner with my son in his ministry and encourage him as, I don't know if he'll get the job or not, but as he steps out in this world to be able to be a kingdom bearer. I get a little bit of this Apostle Paul feel with mentoring of Timothy. Can I honestly say, Zach, remember what you've been taught what you've been shown. The example that was lived before you. He said today, he said he was going to speak on the gospel. I said, well, that's pretty good. 
I'm glad you're going to speak the gospel. He says, I just want to see if they know the gospel and what their thoughts are on it. And he says, Dad, you know, I don't think I really understood fully the whole gospel until I got to college. (laughs) And when he said that, I said, oh, my bad. (laughs) Maybe we should have unpacked that thing more in the breadth and the depth of it. My bad. Do you have any of the my bads going on in your parenting right now? Just acknowledge it and say, let's give it another try. Let's sit down. Have regular meetings with your kids. Interact. Ask them questions. Say, this is some of the stuff I believe. And I believe in the power of God to bring healing to people's lives. Let me tell you about when he brought healing into my life one time. I believe that God calls us to step out by faith. This was a step of faith I did in my life when I was 30 years old. You might say to them, and then you unpack it. Build into your kids time to be able to mentor and teach and make sure they're found in the body and the community of Christ. May they grow together in faith with you, with the family, with their peers, with their church community. May they too be launched in to the Father's wisdom in all ways. Lord, we thank you this morning. I thank you for the attentiveness of these who are here. Lord, each of us can uh, reflect on some of the good Some things we're proud of in our parenting and other things maybe even of the last week or two that we're not very proud of and that we just need to make some time of confession and asking forgiveness and starting out again to be able to forward a life-changing, a life-shaping relationship with our children. So Lord, wherever we're at in this journey, may we find ourselves leaning into you that your life may be full in us You are a good father, and you know best. Impart that wisdom to us as mothers, as fathers, as grandparents, as siblings. May we find ourselves in these coming weeks awed by your faithfulness and the nurturing that's being refreshed in our homes. May our children, and we pray over them this morning as they're in this room, may our children at a young age come to place their faith in you, Jesus and follow hard after your kingdom's purposes for the brief years that we're all given in this life until we are to live with you in eternity. In your name we pray. Amen. The ushers are going to come to receive the Lord's tithes and offerings and your connect cards.